Welcome to Lorica, the podcast of Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. St. Patrick's is a parish in the Antiochian Orthodox Christian Archdiocese of North America, serving the Western Rite. Father Patrick is also the administrator of the Orthodox West. Our first reading today in Mass is taken from Proverbs chapter 8, and it's an important passage uh, that is discussed quite often among the fathers, especially in terms of Christology. It can be read in very nuanced ways, but primarily it concerns the Eternal Son, who is the wisdom of the Father and clearly participated in the creation of the worlds. This passage also anticipates um, the entry of the Son, the wisdom of God, into creation himself and the incarnation. In fact, we understand this passage to teach us and demonstrate that the creation was made in order that the eternal Son, the Word, could become incarnate. This plan of the Son taking flesh and joining himself to creation This was in the mind of God from all eternity. It was in the mind of God long before he made anything. It's why he made what he made. So that this plan could come to fruition. We're told that he is the firstborn of creation. Even though he comes in history, thousands of years after the worlds are created, he is the firstborn indicating that he is in the mind of God long before God ever created. God, of course, is outside of space and time. He's not limited to historical linear restrictions. We, on the other hand, we experience cause and effect. There's a cause, and then we experience the effect in that order. But in God's plan, it's all the other way around. This incarnate God who joined himself to creation in history, after creation, he was actually the cause of creation in the first place. And that is why we read this passage from Proverbs chapter 8 on the conception of the Blessed Virgin Mary. It is because she is also a part of this preordained plan of God from before creation. You see, we cannot conceive of the incarnate Son, pun intended, apart from the Blessed Virgin. She is every bit as as much of part of God's eternal plan, His plan to become incarnate in Jesus. She is, in fact, predestined, elect by God for this role. She was prepared by God for this role, before she existed. You can't separate Jesus and Mary. When he had the thought of Jesus, it's the same thought. There is no Jesus without Mary. God had one thought with three sides. His thought was Jesus, Mary, and creation. They all go hand in hand. He couldn't have thought one without the other. 
So she's prepared by God in the mind of God at the same time, we're using human language, there is no time. She is in the heart and mind of God in the same instant, in the same moment, in the same effort of his actual incarnation. There is no Jesus without Mary. One of the fathers said it this way. He said that the world was created for Mary and Mary for Jesus. That's a good way of putting it. Now, some folks get a bit uneasy talking this way because they think that when we speak of Mary in this light that we're somehow indicating she's some superhuman or doesn't need Jesus for her salvation. The irony of this is that our teaching about Mary conveys just the opposite, actually. That she, as the elect recipient of God's almighty, preordained, free gift of grace, that she did nothing to merit that. That she is preordained by God's election for her role. By complete and total grace. In fact, we emphasize this so much in our teaching about Mary that we have to be careful as Orthodox Christians, as do the Roman Catholics, we have to be careful to preserve a sense of her personal willing cooperation with God, her fiat, so that we don't lose one for the other. When the doctrine is properly understood, the teachings about Mary and her role in God's economy of salvation, both of these are fully present. The free gift of God's grace and her willing cooperation with that grace. They're both there. The reason that the Blessed Virgin Mary brings us so much joy is that when we see and get to know her, we are brought back to some primordial age before our parents fell and were cast out of the garden. It's a fairy tale to us, this age. Way long ago, we read about it in the book of Genesis. It's like a myth. It's a fairy tale, something we certainly haven't experienced. It's from another dimension, another age, another world. But when we get to meet Mary and get to know her, all of a sudden, we visit that place through her, and it becomes real. And here she is, this woman, who is the new Eve. She corresponds to Christ, the new Adam. And all of a sudden, this fairy tale that we heard of is confirmed. It's made real and true for us. This ancient age, when our pure and beautiful parents dwelt in paradise with God, when man was beautiful and not full of ugliness as he is now. We meet her and we meet the prelapsarian Eve. We meet the woman. The woman free from sin. And we realize that truly man can be made, remade in the image of Adam. And we know that because we have seen and met Mary. And the old foe who deceived that first woman, has had his head crushed by the new woman. And that's fun too, because payback is sweet. So we rejoice in that. We delight in the defeat of our old enemy through the birth of Jesus Christ from the Blessed Virgin.
So Mary being full of grace is not about ultimately what Mary has done so much as it is about what God has done. And as Orthodox Christians, we understand that this, of course, always includes our willing participation. And so her fiat is not insignificant by any means, but it never eclipses the sovereign election and gift of grace poured out on her by God. God prepared her from before the creation of the worlds so that he could become incarnate. I want to just read again a couple verses from Proverbs 8. This is from Jerome's translation in the Vulgate because he, he has a way of translating a certain passage, part of this that's very wonderful. It says, When he prepared the heavens, I was present. With a certain law and compass, he enclosed the depths. When he established the sky above and poised the fountains of waters, when he compassed the sea with its bounds and set a law to the waters that they should not pass their limits, when he balanced the foundations of the earth, I was with him forming all things and was delighted every day, playing before him at all times. Playing in the world, and my delights were to be with the children of men. What a wonderful, what a wonderful image and passage of the eternal Son of God, delighting as he made creation, playing in the world, that his delight was to be with the children of men. This passage speaks of his incarnation, of his delight of creating the world's I just think of a little child making something out of Plato characters and then being able to like somehow go into that little world he made and delight with those creatures that he created. The eternal wisdom of the Son of the Father. He is there creating us and delighting in us at all times. His delight is to be with us. And today through this passage he speaks about how he will take up his abode with us through the Blessed Virgin and make our abode with him in his triune relationship and partakers of his divine life for all eternity. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have been listening to Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. This has been a production of the Orthodox West.